Welcome to Sound Tradition, where we examine the theology, practices, and traditions of the contemporary church. My name is Jason Shirk. And my name is Luke Hitz. And today, since it is now spooky day season of the year, we are going to start analyzing the, or answering the question, should a Christian celebrate Halloween? Before we do, I have a Halloween joke. You uh, knock, knock, <laughs> no. knock. No, it's not a knock, knock. Oh, 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 okay, yeah, Jason's knock, got one. Jason thinks he's funny now. Yeah. Here, uh, who's there? Boo. Boo who? You don't have to cry about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll cry about that. No, no. <laughs> no, that's good for the, the kids to, if they've never heard that one. Now I got one for you. Uh, what do you use to fix broken jack-o'-lanterns? Uh, Jill lantern. I don't know. <laughs> Pumpkin patches. Pumpkin patches. Okay, that works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Obviously, we shouldn't celebrate Halloween, and I just sinned. I'll confess that later. Okay, so there you go. Podcast's <laughs> over, right? <laughs> so, no, I think uh, the discussion that we're going to have, hopefully it'll be a help for younger Christians especially, but for other older Christians who might have some preconceived notions and just to nail down some things and iron out the kinks in their way of thinking and just approach this from more of a biblical perspective. Um, with When we come to Halloween as Christians, it's easy for us to react to what we see and say, no, there's there's no way that could ever be the right thing to do, especially if you're coming from a independent fundamentalist background as you approach these things. But as the years have gone by, Christianity has drifted away from, from that perspective, I think, in a lot of ways. And so people are more likely to say, oh, you don't want to take the candy away from the kids or... Or their chance to dress up and things like that, you know. So, yeah. So, <clears throat> although that, that I think the candy thing might dry up on its own. People are like, <laughs> I don't want COVID. There's <laughs> like, so. well, either that yeah. people are starting, you know, not too much sugar is unhealthy. People are like giving out toothbrushes mm-hmm. instead of candy. Yeah, you know. Right. <laughs> Here you go. Have an organic cookie. <laughs> so <laughs> you'll spit it out right afterwards, but you can have it. So <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like there's a tiny anti that part of Halloween most yeah. but I, I think it'd be a long time before that aspect of it would completely go away right yeah I will say this like as far as trick-or-treating goes I know like last year there was literally one set of kids that came through our neighborhood just one you know yeah so but, th- things yeah. are definitely changing but yeah, a lot of that's COVID we have to see if it comes back or is it like permanently killed in right. America I'd be, I'd be surprised if it didn't come back yeah. Yeah, well, as we get into it, we want to kind of just lay the obvious part of the question that we need to that we need to answer, and that's what does the Bible say about COVID alert? Yeah, COVID alert. <laughs> what does the Bible say about uh, witchcraft and mediums, necromancers, sorcerers, all that kind of stuff? And um, obviously, we're not going to deal with how that relates to literature and things like that at this point. But just dealing yeah. with the holiday, <clears throat> look at look at some basic Bible passages here. We've got. Um, Exodus chapter 22, verse number 18, which says, Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Okay, so this was part of the Judaic law that the Jews were required to abide by, which was taken, obviously, by the Puritans, Mm. and that's how you get your Salem witch trial and all that kind of stuff. Which I think there was more going on in the Salem witch trial than actually killing witches. Right, (laughs) and that doesn't have a whole lot to do with... uh, Our discussion, but it is interesting. Unless you want to tell a spooky tale about <laughs> yes. Salem. Yes. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, so that's that 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 lays a foundation. God's attitude towards witchcraft, things like that. Um, you also have Leviticus nineteen, verse thirty-one. It says, "Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God." Okay, and the idea here is seeking after a soothsayer, somebody who could tell the future, or necromancers, and things like that. <clears throat> People who could talk to the dead. Which we have a story about that actually. Yeah. We have a very uh, interesting story in the Bible. Yeah. We will deal with that a little bit more too, because that that kind of comes into your discussion on what are the Elohim and things like that. You know? mm-hmm. So, yeah. but the story you have the story of Saul, King Saul, when he's uh, trying to talk to Samuel, and he goes to a witch in Endor, and she calls up the spirit of Saul. I wonder if that's where George Lucas got the name Endor from. Endor, <laughs> yeah. I think, think so. I think he was borrowing from, he borrowed from all kinds of different religions. Right. I think he just said, oh, that's a cool name, and he just snatched it up, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of like that with, like, uh, the Wheel of Time series. The author yeah. grabbed pieces from every religious culture in Earth and mixed them all together to Ma- make Made his, his own story. thing, yep. yeah. <clears throat> yeah, then you've got uh, Deuteronomy 18, verse number 10. says, There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. Okay. It says, For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now, laying that foundation, okay, it's pretty obvious that uh, Christians yeah. should not be involved in a seance. On Halloween, okay. Um, we well, shouldn't... anytime, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, any, yeah, hopefully any, anytime at all. Um, we shouldn't be involved in um, going to human sacrifices, ceremonies like that, witchcraft ceremonies, different things. And we probably shouldn't even be, you know, one step removed, you know, cheapening it or glorifying mm-hmm. it or, you know, some people, you know, la- you know. I say making light of it. Right. It is a serious thing. Yeah. It is a real thing, and and you can. You're. A, what did somebody once say? If you something you'll laugh at is something you don't take seriously. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the quote right. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got you. So there's there's a danger of pretending like it's not real. Yes. Yeah, and honestly, in America, we're good at pretending like the spiritual stuff is not yeah. not real. You know, yeah. we want to turn a blind eye to it. But these things do matter, and I think that could apply to, like, Ouija boards and things like that. Because what are you doing? What's the purpose of using a Ouija board? Getting somebody over somewhere, whether demon or ghost, getting them to guide you. Guide you, yeah, give you answers. <laughs> give you, you don't words, know. yeah. You know, and you might think, oh, it's just a game, but that's the whole point of the game is to get answers from a spirit. You know, so it's mm-hmm. one way or the other you're playing, playing with that idea. So there is obviously an obvious line that you have to draw. We're not going to be involved in the demonic, in the in the witchcraft, the the spiritual side of of Halloween. But now most most Christians these days they don't look at Halloween <clears throat> like that. They don't no. see that <laughs> side of things. What they're seeing is the cute little princess dressed up going and getting candy. Oh yeah, I mean most even people in the world, not let alone Christians, most of them are like you know I want. My, you know, my son. I want to be a kangaroo. I want to be Luke Skywalker. You know, yeah. And they're not even thinking about cultic things, right? 
Maybe you might have some people that they just love the spooky stuff at this mm-hmm. time of year, so they'll dress up like a zombie or Frankenstein or yeah. things that are, you know, on the death and side of things. I just but. want to point out zombies could be sci-fi, not horror. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, the future of America if, if uh, Joe no. Biden keeps pushing the... No, I'm just teasing. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, so you, you get people that kind of fall in different areas. People yep. will say, okay, Chris, they say nothing whatsoever. You get people say, okay, you can... Do it, but you have to, like, reclaim it in your own way. Have a fall festival and, mm-hmm. and call it a different name, trunk or treat. Yeah, and we'll kind of we'll grab onto some of that stuff towards, towards the end as yeah. well and discuss that. Now, when it comes to these obvious things, this was an issue that the Christians early on in the church did have to deal with. Yeah. Um, Acts chapter 19 talks about a group of believers who had followed a well-known wizard in their area. Um, <laughs> and it says, and many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds many of them also which used curious hearts brought their books together and burned them before all men and they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed so these people got saved and they've had these magic books basically that they Mm -hmm. used to practice their arts and they came and they burned them now I'm not necessarily for uh, burning of books and all that kind of stuff, you know. But in, in this case, this was part of their their confession of their sin. It was getting rid of the things that that had that were wrong between them and the Lord. You know, it's part of repentance yeah. in their case, and so they were burning. And they were valuable. They'd spend a lot of money on it. Yeah, fifty thousand pieces of silver. That's that. That is a lot of money. <laughs> so yeah, and so that that's how the early church handled this issue of witchcraft and things like that. They didn't take it lightly that they were dealing with the with demonic spirits and honestly we shouldn't either today even no. though we don't have much <laughs> exposure to it now luke luke did some research here on some articles on uh, presenting a case on why a christian should never have anything to do with halloween at all period i'll, yes. I'll kind of let him take <laughs> the floor for for this section Jason's going to cut, we're going to cover the history of it, but I feel like this is like the best argument people have. I watched quite a few YouTube videos of different people, church groups, you know, ministries putting out videos about it. And they had a lot of arguments, things we've covered before, like, you know, should Christians celebrate Christmas, Valentine's mm-hmm. Day, talk about the paganism aspect. And we've kind of covered, if you want to hear what we think about the pagan thing, listen to some of our other podcasts. So we're not even going to spend much time on that, like right. the, the origin and the paganness. But I think the best argument people have that say, you know, absolute zero at all is they go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 20. And it's the passage that talks about eating meat offered to idols. And chapter, uh, chapter verse 20, it says, But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. So, Pretty strong verse when you, yeah. just, when you just take the verse by <laughs> just itself. Just take that verse yeah. by itself. And this this is one that was quoted yeah. in some of these pe- people's videos. And so because of, you know, how evil the occult is and how, you know, all the thing, crazy things they do on Halloween, you know, Christians should just be so far away from that. Why would you even want to touch right. that in any way? Mm-hmm. And they make a few points. I won't make some of the other points, but some of us talk about how the candy is cursed. You know, there was a man, I'll just throw out his name, John Ramirez. Uh, I, I learned about him just this week, but he, he was a Satanist. He was redeemed out of that, got saved, and he's gone on tours and written a book, and he's talking about his experiences, and he, he gave kind of a list of things. That, why would any Christian want to be involved in this? And 
One was talking about how candy is cursed. They go around cursing the candy. And why would you want to eat candy? It's been, you know, you know, it's kind of this almost the same idea. It's like it's, it's been it's now attached to demons and devils, just like mm-hmm. the meat was offered to idols. Why would you want to to take this candy? Yeah. Uh, another argument that was brought up was wearing of costumes. This is what I didn't really understand. I'd like to do more <laughs> study on this. Or I, I tried I got to an anthropology. I couldn't. Thing I can add on to this discussion. Here. I, I couldn't find much on this one, but the wearing of costumes is like you were putting your identity in some kind of flux and bringing yourself under potential attack because even if you were dressed up as Jonah or mm-hmm. Noah, somebody, a Bible character, yeah. just because you put on that costume at this time of year, I guess, like if you put on a costume a month earlier, you'd be fine. But if you do it on Halloween, uh, you know, apparently you're just, you're bringing yourself under the uh, authority of the devil. And then the, the last point I think that they make that's what we should consider is are you helping the devil you know their words you're cheating on God you're mm-hmm. you're allying yourself or as the verse says you know having fellowship with, with devils, devils. Yeah. and I you know I had something I thought were pretty easy things to counter this it's mm-hmm. like the, the candy is cursed you know Christians we shouldn't be in fear of demons you know obviously they can't indwell us we're indwelled by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. demons can't come in and take us and they can't curse us. And I, they kept they, they kept saying this phrase. Did you come across this? And I did. I need to do more study on this. It talks about being cursed and your children, and the third and fourth generation being cursed. And so are they going back to easy, the Old Testament where it said the, yeah, the sins Exodus, of the father. Yeah, it seems like it. So, but I couldn't find much else about this. But they made it sound like Christians should not celebrate Halloween because you're going to get some candy that's been cursed and you're bringing a curse on your family that could take generations to break. So, like, and my that, parents celebrated <laughs> Halloween, so now I'm cursed because my parents celebrated Yeah, they probably Halloween. ate some cursed candy, yeah. and you're now you're under the the curse. And I was like... Well, That's Christ- totally not the context yeah. of that passage at all. <laughs> no, I, 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 they never yeah. gave any Bible verse. People that said yeah. the... I, like, I tried to... I, I did some searching. I couldn't find what they're trying to say. Mm-hmm. But these are some of the arguments that they would give. I, I, I'm saying, hey, Satan worship goes on all year round. You know, right. Halloween is nothing special. There's not a thinning of the veil that'll you know now right. now there's an extra special connect. We're gonna, we'll get into the history of that later, mm-hmm. but and then the costume thing I think is completely ridiculous. <laughs> I don't, wearing yeah, a I costume. Think, I think it's basically you're they're taking elements of like pagan cultures. Um, you have masks that you put on and you'd magically transform into a certain yeah. character. And um, some of this does come from the history of of putting on costumes. Right, and I think of like uh, there's an anime by. Uh, What's the name? The, the main guy, Ghibli Studios. They have an anime where this girl puts on a cat mask and she turns into a cat, basically. Yeah. And um, and so the idea is you become what what the mask take, yeah. takes on and stuff like that. But also you have cannibalism. Yeah. What <laughs> had this idea. The reason we eat these people is because we want to absorb their yeah. powers into us and be, become this person or yeah. like this person in some way, you know? My thought is, if these things are re- if these things are really going, I'll give John Ramirez the benefit of the doubt. He was a Satanist. Even if these things really happened, or he believed they were happening. Uh, the devils don't determine what is true and what isn't. You know, whatever the, whatever he saw in a dream or whatever things happened, that doesn't mean that Christians are bound to Satan Satanism as a religion. It has right. its own rule. Whatever's going on there. We shouldn't be afraid of that, and we shouldn't be, oh, they're going to curse us, and we're going right. to put ourselves under that. Yeah, and uh, as far as, like, the uh, First Corinthians passage in chapter number 10, 
We can We have to look back yeah. at the context of the passage. Because this is, I think, the strongest one. Yes. The, yeah. the, but my third point is you're you're helping devils or you're you're associating yourself with devils. I think this is the only point you could really have to say: is this something we're yeah. concerned about? Yeah. And if you if you look back at the <clears throat> at the context where this whole section starts, um, we have obviously we we know the verse there: no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. Da da da. Then it goes on. And he starts a new point in the discussion. He says, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men, judge ye what I say. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? This is the Lord's Supper that he's referring to. The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that one bread. Behold, Israel, after the flesh, are not they which eat of the sac sacrifices partakers of the altar? What shall I then say? Sorry, I totally retranslated that. You did. Anyways, okay, <laughs> that, okay, and here's his comparison, okay? This is what I'm going to say. That the idol is anything, or that which is offered in a sacrifice to idols is anything. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of, the, of devils. You cannot be partaker of the Lord's table and of the, and of the table of the devils. Do we provoke, provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? And then he concludes, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Okay. And then he continues on. He says, let no man seek his own but every man another's wealth. Whatsoever is sold in the shambles, that eat, asking no con questions for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast and ye be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you, eat, asking no questions for conscience sake. But if any man say unto you, this is offered in sacrifice unto idols, eat not for his sake that showed it. And for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Conscience, I say, not thine own, but of the other. For why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? Okay. And we'll we'll stop yeah. there for the point. And but he basically answers the question. In the text, if you read the whole thing. But yeah. it says in verse 19, <laughs> mm -hmm. what I say then, that the idol is anything? Right. No. Or that which is offered to in sacrifice to idols, is it anything? No, the further context is, you know, we know this is, and I would say that kind of the same thing to all these mm -hmm. arguments about the occult. They said, that is nothing. We have no, that has no power over us. We're right. not afraid of that. Mm -hmm. And even, I, I'm glad this guy got saved out of that. But he's trying to bring that over the top of us at a certain time of year. And mm -hmm. I don't think that's biblical in any way, shape, or right. form. Yeah, and ultimately the sin that he's warning them about is actually partaking in the idolatry. Yes, <laughs> that's that's ultimately the context that he's dealing with, and then he and then he divides that subdivides that further down. Now, as far as the meat that was used in the yes. in that sacrifice, he says if it's sold in the shambles, okay, the shambles yeah. are the markets, and you don't know what's what. You don't know where okay. it came from. It could yeah. have come from a temple. Then <laughs> go ahead and eat it, you know. And so it's the same, like the candy is cursed idea. Yeah. Okay? You don't know if it's coming from the from the demonist or you or coming from grandma who just has a bucket of candy outside her door. Yeah. You know, ask no questions for conscience sake. Um, and then, but he says, if you're bid to a feast and you want to go, whatever is set before you, eat it, asking no questions. But if he says, 
This is offered in sacrifice unto idols. Eat not for his sake that showed it. And this could be a practical mm-hmm. uh, example of this in our lives today. What if you, you went and some, a fellow Christian was like, this candy was cursed. Don't you know this candy was cursed? That might be a time for you to, for their sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm not going to eat the Reese's. I can go without right. the Reese's cup for now. Yeah, and then that, <laughs> that cross-references to 1 Corinthians 8, <clears throat> where Paul's a little bit more clear on how what he thinks yeah. about meat offered to idols. But you can't use this as a blanket statement right. to say, well, all you, know, you have to stay away from Halloween completely because you're identifying with devils if you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that, that right there provides a basic principle for how we approach these things. Mm-hmm. Um, there obviously is an association that we want to avoid. Yes. There is, um, we don't want to be a stumbling block for other believers or for the lost people who are thinking, oh, they say they're a Christian, but they're participating in this activity. Mm-hmm. So we do have to ask these questions of, as it relates to Halloween. Should we celebrate it? Just because I have the liberty to celebrate it, right. does that mean <clears> that <throat> I should celebrate it? And ultimately, that's where 1 Corinthians 8 and 1 Corinthians 10 become important. But notice he is not saying that eating the meat offered to an idol is what causes yeah. them to have fellowship with devils. That's ultimately the point. Because It's it, actually yeah. <laughs> participating in the idolatry that causes them to have that fellowship. So, right. Yeah. So to understand the story of Halloween, we have to understand two separate histories that merged over time. Because this, this issue of, of deciding should we celebrate Halloween isn't as clear-cut as we always want to make it. Okay? Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to deal with <laughs> the Christian story first, and then I'm going to deal with the pagan side afterwards. Okay? Within the Christian community, a holiday began to be se- celebrated, celebrating the martyrs who had been murdered all the way back as far as 373 A.D., now, this holiday was generally in the month of May, okay? So it's a totally different time period. That's when it was mm-hmm. celebrated. And th- it was attested by uh, St. Chrysostom and St. Ephraim that this, cel- this was being celebrated by Christians, okay? Now, you move forward in history a little bit. You have other historical incidents that show that this ho- holiday was still being celebrated. And you get to the 700, 731 to 741, and you have Pope Gregory III, who incorporated it into an official holiday, on, and he moved the date to November the 1st. Okay? Now, there's some theories as to why he did that. Some people say uh, Celts, the Celtic people were becoming Christians, and they were asking for it to become or mm-hmm. be moved over to November the 1st. Okay? That might be true. I don't know. So, and then it became an official ordered holiday in the Catholic Church by... Pope Gregory IV in 837 AD. Now in England, this holiday, which we would call it um, All Saints Day, I think was mm-hmm. the, the day that they, the name they gave to that holiday on November 1st, All Saints Day, was called All Hallows Night. Okay, All Hallows Day, and the night before it was All Hallows Eve. Mm-hmm. And once we get the name Halloween, right? Okay, that's kind of the <laughs> idea. It's the anglicized version of the night before all saints day and that period the couple days before all saints day was called all souls day which would celebrate this all the souls of everybody who had passed in the faith 
And then, so on uh, the basic idea from what I can grasp reading through some Catholic articles and things like that, because obviously this is Catholic holiday. Right. <laughs> uh, the, the gist that I came up with was that this holiday was basically celebrating or getting people to pray for the dead. And with the idea that, okay, maybe they're in purgatory and we need right. to do penance for them to get them out of purgatory. So that, yeah. that was my general understanding of all yeah. souls today. Some of the things I read, which haven't got to the pagan side yet, mm-hmm. was but also they were trying to get people out of the paganism right. into yeah. the Catholic. So they were they're hoping people would kind of, you know, we're still right. talking about death and dead and we're trying to get you mm-hmm. over here in the church understand. And, and understand the truth yeah. as opposed to your paganism. Yeah, and the pagan practices didn't get merged until later on either. So this is still 800s. Yeah. It's still pretty pure at this time, okay? Now, on All Souls Day, the poor would go around begging for food from door to door, and people would give them what they called a soul cake in return for a promise to pray for the dead relatives of the people at the house. Okay, So that's that's part of the history of trick-or-treating, which <laughs> there are two histories yeah. for trick-or-treating as well, but that's the religious side of trick-or-treating right there. The poor would go through and ask for food, be given a cake, and then they would promise to pray for the dead relatives helping them get out out of purgatory right. basically so that, that was kind of the the christian idea to it now with the pagan culture the history of halloween traces all the way back to the celtic festival of samhain which was celebrated on october 31st again all souls day the mm-hmm. night before all saints <laughs> day okay People would light bonfires and dress up in costumes to ward off ghosts. The period marking the end of summer and harvest and the beginning of the long, cold winter was viewed as a time of death. Okay, So winter was where death was going to be predominant. And the idea was the veil between the living and the dead, the boundary, was blurred or thinner mm-hmm. at, the, at this time. <laughs> so that's that's kind of where Samhain mirrors a little bit of the idea of All Souls Day um, coming in before All Saints Day, you know. So these spirits would, sometimes they would destroy crops, and so it was a bad thing. Destroy cops? Yeah, cops. (laughs) So get them coppers. (laughs) So they would destroy crops. But also, the spirits would allow the Druids to foresee the future more clearly on on, uh, the Samhain Mm -hmm. time period of celebration. So that was, that was kind of the background behind uh, the pagan side of, of Halloween and the dressing up as costumes was right. to chase off those ghosts, those spirits that were breaking through the boundary because we got to protect our crops, you know? So, yeah, or at least you wouldn't be a target if they think you yes, were a fellow yeah. ghost. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> By 43 AD, the Romans had conquered all of the Celtic Isles, and over the next 400 years after that, the Romans, Roman festivals began to be merged with Samhain, and specifically two of them became mixed. One was Feralia, yeah. which was a celebration commemorating the dead, okay? and then the second celebration honored the goddess Ramona. Okay, Sorry, I just had a random thought pop through my head. So <laughs> My kids watch uh, the, t- the movie Ramona and Beezus. I don't know it. You don't know it? Uh-uh. Okay, so, but that's the only thing that could pop into my head is Ramona. Okay. Tell Maybe me, it's a, a, supposed to be a P. I think it's supposed to be a P. Pomona. Pomona. Yeah, there you go. Remote, but uh, spell check changed it to Ramona on my computer. It could probably. be, yeah. <laughs> Pomona, okay. From which probably came the idea of bobbing for apples. Now, 
Have you ever bobbed for apples? I've actually never done it. I've. Oh wait, I take it back. I think I did a one. I think we'd had it at a, a wanna big fun did fair. <laughs> I think we had bobbing for apples at one fun fair when I was a kid. It's interesting. So, uh, we'll see if Luke was practicing it the way that they were, though. Okay, Probably so not. Originally, bobbing for apples was something the women would do. So oh. <laughs> you can imagine Luke dressed up in a dress. So. Well, you know, <laughs> so, got to ward off those evil spirits. But, you know? but the, yeah, <laughs> those evil. <laughs> but the the purpose of bobbing for apples was to find out who their future spouse would be. So they'd all write names of the eligible bachelor men on all the apples and put them into the into the bucket of water. And then they would bob for apples, and the apple that they came up with was the person that they were supposed to get married to. So it was a fortune-telling device, basically. So it wasn't, so, it wasn't like an actual matchmaking thing. It was just a for-fun thing. This is who you're thing. supposed to marry, basically. Yeah. But, but it wasn't like you were right there betrothed. Oh, no, I, think, I, I don't think necessarily you were right there betrothed, but I think these women took this pretty seriously. You know, so. <laughs> Maybe we, I'm glad we don't do this today. Yeah. <laughs> there, there were all kinds of traditions that were kind of related to the same idea, like baking a ring into somebody's pie. And then it gets passed around to all the men, and whoever gets it is the one that's supposed to marry her. Or yeah. taking the apple peels, throwing them over her shoulder, and if they landed in a certain set of initials, that's who she was yeah. supposed to marry. See, this is this is prior all to Halloween. Stuff. For all of you who are <laughs> so. crying about uh, Facebook being down, you know, this was the world before <laughs> the internet. You know, we had to do we had you to know, I didn't other things even to notice do. Facebook was down because I ran out of data on my trip up to Kansas, <laughs> and so I just thought Facebook was stuck on my last post that I well, saw. So. I don't I don't check Facebook every day. I'm a terrible yeah. social media user, <laughs> so I didn't even notice either. Somebody else was like, "Do you hear Facebook's down?" They're in a panic. I thought, "Oh, it is. Oh, okay." <laughs> I didn't find out until the next day. So. I'm not trying to promote myself as like a, a better Christian than anybody oh, else yeah. because so I don't godly, use Facebook. Me, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm just telling you, I don't. Well, getting back to this, mm-hmm. I want to make a little comment I think is interesting because some people said even if you change the name of Halloween and call it a, a fall harvest or yeah. a harvest party, you're still participating in Halloween. I said, People have been celebrating at the season changes forever. You know, Romans yeah. had one. Mm-hmm. The Celtics, Celts had one. Everybody's had one. You know, to, to have a celebration in the fall is, doesn't automatically lock you into Halloween. Right. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a silly argument to make. Yeah. And, then, and you can kind of see that in our next section. We're going to fast forward a little bit in history. Um, but when you come to America, the history in America, the Protestant sides of America didn't celebrate Halloween. I guarantee you they had some kind of a fall they festival. They did have fall festivals. And that, that's <laughs> in here. Fall festivals became a regular thing throughout the colonies. But Halloween was limited to primarily Catholic colonies. So Maryland and some of the southern colonies down south Mm -hmm. were the ones who celebrated Halloween. And so the celebrations in the Catholic um, areas, they included play parties, they called them, where they would tell ghost stories and pull pranks on people. Um, People... People have always liked scary stuff yeah, I know. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and pranks. You know, yeah. that's that's just part of being a human. <laughs> so you fast forward to the second half of the 19th century. So what is that, 1800s or 20s? 1800s. Yeah, so later 1800s, you have a bunch of immigrants coming from Europe. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they're primarily Irish with the potato famine and all that. They flooded to America and brought with them their Catholic traditions and so Halloween became more mainstream in the in the 1800s. Also during the 1800s, there was a move to make Halloween more about community than tricks and pranks. So Halloween parties and trick or treating became a thing, but they they uh, yeah. 
took <clears> out <throat> all the grotesque and the scary stuff out of it. Now, yeah, I'm, I'm getting some of my history mixed up. When when was the big uh, in influx of Irish people into America? Let's Google it. Because one of the things I read was saying when the Irish brought into America with them a lot of their traditions, which would have had a lot of Celtic roots. Which would have had Celtic roots as well. Which included but a lot of these. But they were also Catholic. Yes. So, yeah. But included a lot of the, the, the pranks and the... Uh, and the uh, 1845. Yeah, so it, yep. they just would have added to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that, that just made it more, more popular in America, basically. But you went through this period of basically the secularization of Halloween. It was no longer even All Souls Day, and it mm-hmm. wasn't the pagan parties anymore. It was fall festivals, and it was getting together and celebrating trick-or-treating mm-hmm. or having parties and stuff like that, but it wasn't so much the gruesome and the right. gory and the spooky stuff. And uh, <clears throat> so, but you did still have women who, I mean, I think even if you watch Andy Griffith, <laughs> you see some of this kind of stuff. But women thought they could divine the identity of their future spouses by performing certain tricks on Halloween yeah. and things like that. You know? <laughs> Superstitions. I could see uh, what the um, – what's their name on Andy Griffith? Oh, the uh, – The Darlings. The Darlings. Yeah. Because so, they lived up in the mountains. They were very superstitious. Yeah, I, I could see them doing something like this. You know, so. <laughs> They never did have a Halloween episode like that, don't no, think, on the Andy Griffith show. So, yeah. But they did have – yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Greatest show America ever made, Andrew Griffith show, and in my, kids in my have opinion. Not one episode of it because they get bored. Yeah, they would, <laughs> so, they would get yeah. bored. But parents were encouraged to take anything frightening and grotesque out of Halloween, and because of this push, again, like I said, it became more of a secular celebration by the 20th century. And then in the 1920s and 1930s, it had basically been viewed as completely secular. Mm-hmm. Now I've got a little bit more of some history on some of the practices of Halloween. I was just talking to my girls on, on the way here to church because uh, we've done in the past where they've carved up a pumpkin. We haven't ever done like jack-o'-lanterns where we stuck a candle in it. We haven't that, either. But, but we have carved up the pumpkin, pumpkins. pumpkins you're you're putting that. yourself yeah. under, so, the, under the circles of influence of the demons every yep, time you do it. it. Yeah, my sister must be a demon. No, I'm just teasing. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, she's the one who bought the kit for us. How do you know what if she cursed those pumpkins? She might have. Okay, but the story behind the the jack-o'-lanterns, as you call them, it traces its root to a story about a boy who cornered the devil up a tree. Okay, I think of a a hound dog or something, catching him up a tree. And in exchange for letting the devil down from the tree, the devil had to promise not to take the boy's soul. And in, in exchange, basically what happened was the devil got to come down, the boy's soul would not be taken at the end of his life, and so the boy lived this hideous, horrible, sinful life, his entire lifestyle. And when he died, he went to the gates of heaven and he was turned away because he was so horrible. And then so he, after a while, went back to the devil and said, hey, why don't you take me? And the devil said, no, get out of here. And he threw a hot flaming stone from the pits of hell at him to, not, to get him to go away, basically. Well, Jack, as he was called, picked up that coal from the pits of hell and stuck it inside a turnip don't ask me where a turnip and a pumpkin relate to each other but they both grow from the ground i guess yep he stuck it in a turnip (laughs) and he made himself a lantern so so that he could see as he has his soul wandered the face of the earth for the rest of eternity 
that's where the idea of jack-o'-lanterns well came. it would be <laughs> it'd be silly for children to go pick out a turnip I mean. yeah right yeah, so. <laughs> so. <laughs> we should try it <laughs> so. this is a real jack-o'-lantern kids yeah so that that's kind of your history of the jack-o'-lanterns <laughs> we talked about the the trick-or-treating idea mm-hmm. so the religious side was the soul cakes basically okay right. that was the religious history the pagan history was women trying to trick people on All Hallows' Eve so that they could yeah. figure out who the identity of their future spouse and, would be uh, and things like that. The thing I read is that uh, when the Irish came over and they, they brought with them a lot of the prank, you know, stealing, mm-hmm. so the gate, so stealing somebody's gate, you know, harmless thing. Yes. You bring the yeah. gate back and put it back the next morning. But candy didn't but they, happen until well, a lot later. <laughs> so. one, one of the things I read said that it, it started, as through the years, it got more and more out of hand mm-hmm. and they weren't harmless anymore. And so people wanted to counter and give the yeah. kids something to do besides the pranks mm-hmm. and people started offering things like candy or food yes. or other things and so then the kid the i don't know if the kids said trick or treat or if the people said you know hey i got <laughs> don't treat don't trick i got a treat yeah but we still have this saying the kids will still say it today when they knock on your door and say trick, trick or treat. Tre-. nobody's tricking but it, it just means give me candy yes pretty much <laughs> maybe we should try that no. okay so but like i said many many christians looked at the practices on halloween halloween and we see some of these these pagan things, you know, like the yeah. jack lanterns. We know these stories, the trick or treating, um, the dressing up as monsters and demons and ghosts, and the goriness. I mean, mm-hmm. Halloween has gotten more and more gory. And so the part of that's just our culture in America. Yes, yeah. there, there seems to be a fascination in the last 15, 20 years with and the sexualizing of it all. Oh yeah, as well. Oh yeah, you know, that's that's become a big thing. So there are a lot of reasons to say, you know what? Let's just forget this. You know, yeah. why, 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 why even bother? Christians yeah. should have nothing to right. do with it, you know that, and that's really that's what we talked about this earlier. The positions people say have nothing to do with it. Some say you know reclaim it, and some are in the middle, like uh, you know just leave out the bad mm-hmm. stuff and just have the fun, and it's not a big deal. Yeah, I read an article by a man named Alan Rudnick. Now Alan Rudnick gave the opposite perspective of why we should celebrate Halloween, and I don't necessarily agree with all of his reasons, but I'll, I'll go ahead and read them for you here says, one, understand that All Hallows' Eve and the ancient pagan festival of Samhain are not the same thing. That's why we presented this two separate histories here. They were not the same thing, but they became merged over time. Mm -hmm. The establishment of Christmas and Easter in Europe had pagan connections, but we do not abandon these holidays, although some people do. Yeah. (laughs) And neither should we abandon All Hallows' Eve. Now, I do want to point out this, okay? Christmas and Easter had pagan holidays and morphed into Christian holidays. Yeah. Halloween kind of followed the opposite trajectory. Yeah, <laughs> it had more pagan roots and more and or more, had more Christian roots with All Hallows Eve and seemed to have become more pagan and became more pagan over time to the what? point where nobody has a clue what the Christian roots of it would be today. But the, <laughs> so. what is the same about all these holidays is mm-hmm. by, at this point they are very much American holidays. Yes, yeah. that have just you know they've been melted melded together. Mm-hmm. And so it's very hard to separate them back out because nobody's going to see all these different parts. Some see one part, some see another part. And so it, it becomes sticky to yeah. try to deal with it. Yeah. And there, so there's multiple layers to the discussion, yeah. basically. But the, I, I would just think it's interesting that, you know, all, we, we have these American holidays. And a lot of people say just it's just an American holiday, not a big deal, which is kind of the way... I had been for a while, but since we started this podcast, I've been kind of rethinking a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, is the tradition of the church that I grew up in, the way we do it, is it really biblical? Right. And that's what we're trying to delve down into. We'll we'll get there. We're almost there. We'll be circling back to 1 Corinthians (laughs) again for this. 
Um, the third point that he gave is understanding that early Christians contextualized every pagan holiday into Christian holidays. Now, I think that's an overstatement. And help, that understanding that helps us to see that we do not have to compromise our beliefs with pagan ones. Although mm. I personally think the contextualization was compromise. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was syncretism between the Christians yeah. and the, the other cultures. But I don't think we need to like just give up everything to the right. world. But, oh, we can't have fall festivals because the world's claimed this. No, we, we could just... Take no, there's back. nothing that makes <laughs> this day evil, and therefore yeah. Christians cannot do anything. We can't we can't celebrate you know in the in the winter because mm-hmm. Christmas was paid. Well, you know, we can have something. <laughs> yeah. Fourth point he makes is evil themes in our current secular Halloween observances were not always present. Okay, so that again, this is going back to the the history of All Hallows Eve. Mm-hmm. He says if you still think Halloween is an evil day then maybe you should see All Hallows Eve as a time when Christians can laugh and even mock evil. Okay, That one's kind of weird. <laughs> so, okay. Well, maybe just say, you know, hey, this really has no power over me. I guess I yeah. could see a little bit of that. Yeah. Six, Christians can celebrate and teach All Saints Day, November 1st, in its churches. Okay, so you're moving it to a separate location as well. Yeah. And then Christ holds the keys of death and hell, and so we can celebrate that Christ has defeated death. That's kinda, mm-hmm. Those are kind of his points. Now I, th- I think those are interesting, especially the last last couple of them. Those are pretty, relatively pretty good reasons. But I think, for me personally, I wouldn't want to celebrate All Hallows Eve or Halloween. Right, cause because I don't, I don't agree with the Catholic the position Catholic, on it. Yeah, the Catholic <laughs> Church holiday is not something I want to be part of either. I don't pray for souls in purgatory. I'm not trying to get them out out of out of that so they can move on, you know. And so it's like. I, there's no Christian reason for me to want to celebrate it either, you know. So even, even if we reject the pagan and latch onto the Christian, we have to ask ourselves: Should we be celebrating a Catholic holiday in, in honor of the dead, <laughs> which had roots in praying for the dead to get out of purgatory? You know, that's that's really where we're left with this. Yeah. Now going back to our, our text in First Corinthians eight and First Corinthians ten. Okay. Basically, the principle that that is given is an idol is nothing. The meat offered to that idol is nothing. You should not participate in the actual idolatry service. Okay, Mm -hmm. That part's clear. That's why we mentioned the verses we mentioned at the very beginning. But what you do with the meat that's in the shambles or that's being served to you at somebody's house, it's a little bit different scenario here. Right. And Paul's basically saying we have liberty to eat that meat um, because an idol isn't anything. It it is God is God is all powerful and he is greater than the spirits yeah. that they worship in their their ceremonies. So how does that relate to Halloween? Okay, I think that it gives us a little bit more room for disagreement in this area, mm-hmm. okay, and we'll kind of come to that in, the, in a second, what disagreements could be out there. And in the case of meat offered to idols, clearly idolatry was wrong, but the person eating the meat was not actively participating in the idolatry. Now, if the host says, this meat was offered to an idol, he was told not to eat. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily for his conscience. It's for the conscience of the last guy saying, right. hey, this is offered to an idol. Mm-hmm. And I think that can actually apply to um, Halloween in a way because mm-hmm. there is a sense in which some people are clearly satanic in the way that they celebrate Halloween. And, and you don't want to join yourself you with join them. you don't want to join yourself in that. Yeah. yeah. You know, because you're, you're sanctioning what they are doing, you know. And so that, that's a principle yeah. we need to but what if you're, take into uh, account. what if your kids go to public school some people do mm-hmm. so the kids christians in public school and they're having a halloween party and you know them you know everybody in the class and nobody's a cultic 
and nobody dresses up as, you know, ghosts. And, and you know all that ahead of time. Would it be a, a sin to go to an unsafe person's Halloween party? That's a question you'd have to ask. People would fall in different places. Yeah, so we, ha- we have to ask ourselves, how do we apply all of this to our specific cases? Maybe it means that we don't necessarily go trick-or-treating because there is more pagan connotations with mm-hmm. that. Maybe it means we're not decked out in satanic icons like ghosts and goblins and death and evil things, although I'll say zombies again could be sci-fi. <laughs> so, no. Jason likes zombies. I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of zombies. I'm but... not either, no. Not really. So. <laughs> so, like I said, there may be room for some disagreement, but I do think that there are definitely some practices within Halloween that we should avoid. Now, the yeah. solution probably lies in creating other celebrations, like Harvest festival Festivals or... What, what has come to my attention recently, Reformation Day, although <laughs> I probably wouldn't want to celebrate that because I am a Baptist, I'm not a Protestant. Correct. And I'm not a Calvinist, so I don't, <laughs> don't think I'd feel comfortable with that. But you also have Trunk or Treat, and whether you want to agree with this or not, Trunk or Treat is a celebration of Halloween, right? Yeah. But when you delve into it, I would Are call the that practices a, of trunk yeah. or treat actually the pagan practices? I would call that a celebration of the American holiday. Yeah. Nothing pagan whatsoever. Yeah. And so basically what you've got <laughs> is you've got a church hosting it. People get their cars. They decorate their cars. They usually have rules about no ghost goblins or any of this kind of stuff. And, and then they give out candy to kids. And, and somebody know? might show up from the world and they're dressed up like a, a ghost. Right. You go, oh, you're out of here. Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe so. they'll ask a question. Maybe they'll say something like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you wanted to dress up as ghosts. And then, you know, maybe you can open a conversation. Some people really love paranormal stuff mm-hmm. and they do want somebody just to talk to. And Yep. And so what, what our church does is not on the same day. I don't think we've ever done it on the no. same day, but it might have been. But not on the same day. What we do is we have flashlight night. We sp- spread a bunch of candy all over the mm-hmm. floor Turn out the lights in the gym and let the kids go out there with flashlights and gather as much as they can. Okay, That's that's our celebration. You know what I'm going to do this year? What? I'm going to get glow-in-the-dark sheet and I'm going to come running in the middle yeah. of it to scare <laughs> all the kids. That's funny, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm maybe not. <laughs> but uh, Halloween, all of these different things, they could be an evangelistic opportunity. Yeah. Even just giving out candy and a track to the kids that mm-hmm. come to your door who are celebrating normal trick-or-treating. I think the trick-or-treating idea might have some benefits that could be offered because now they're coming to you you're yeah. setting the culture, and you can you can have an opportunity to discuss or give out tracts and yeah. and witness to these people. And during COVID, it's popular because you can kind of control distance. Yes. And yeah, yeah. Now, one thing I don't think is a good idea is what they call hell houses. Have you heard of these, Luke? Only when I read your notes. Yeah, I, I was so like, what? <laughs> basically, a church will shut down the church and decorate it to be a like walkthrough of hell. Oh boy! <laughs> to to show them what it is exactly like. Now in our our society, um, people are so used to the scare entertainment houses, world and yeah. scare houses and all that. The church has to go over the top to depict depict sin and graphic horror in order to drive home this message. And I think there's, there's it's just going too far. Yeah, I know, think I think that. minus minus the fact of burning people, you're not really being very. Uh realistic yeah. <laughs> we're not going to do yeah, that right <laughs> turn the temperature up on the thermostat uh, some flamethrowers so, and yeah. <laughs> singe a few hairs no <laughs> but i think ultimately in the end we're all going to have to give an account for ourselves to god mm-hmm. this is why he says that we need to do it for conscience sake not just our own but theirs as well and so we need to have a clear conscience as to what we are going to do yeah. in in relation to this holiday if your conscience says don't do it don't do yeah. it because you would be sinning 
Yeah. I want to give my one my 30 second conclusion. You know, I tend to be I try to be the lighthearted guy in these podcasts, but I do take this serious. And I'm not just laughing at people who have concerns about demons. Mm -hmm. I, I understand they are real. And yeah, there is and real demonic stuff going on out there. Yeah, we don't see a lot of it in America, but it is real. And we should take it seriously. We shouldn't take it lightly. And we shouldn't try to, we should avoid being in fellowship with that in any way, shape, or form. I agree with that. But I think we we have liberty and we have to, for ourselves, decide, like we said, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? And we should be careful of cutting off opportunities right. to witness to people in the world. You know, be so far removed from them mm -hmm. that we can't even witness to them right and so basically let's just avoid the clearly obvious things figure out what you're comfortable with with the lord for me i prefer to celebrate something else on some other day like a harvest yeah. festival you know that's more where i would come down on this issue mm -hmm. but hopefully this has been a good discussion for you guys um we gave you a little bit of time to think about this before we get to yeah Halloween, so. <laughs> but ask us some questions, questions. Yeah, yeah we'll uh... drop them on facebook and we'll we'll get to them okay should christian celebrate halloween Maybe. <laughs> Grace and peace be with you. Amen.